welcome to Meet My Brain, a field guide to Asperger's. I'm your host, the Autistic Woman. This podcast is about my personal life experience as an autistic. This episode is about rumination. And if you're autistic, you most likely know what rumination is. It means having repetitive and excessive and intrusive thoughts, typically about negative experiences or feelings. It's when you go over a thought repeatedly or a problem without completion or a solution. With rumination, you're no closer to an answer or to moving forward. Rumination is considered to be involuntary. In essence, it's not a true voluntary coping style. The current thinking in psychology is that rumination can be caused by sadness or a response to stress, a response to a social experience that caused anxiety, a response to a lack of progress toward a goal, or even a way to regulate emotion. And probably all of those sound familiar. And there seems to be an abundance of research on anger and rumination in autistic children. In this episode, I won't be discussing rumination caused by anger. I believe it's when a person feels angry about something that happens, even as small as someone cutting in line, and they ruminate, making the anger worse and worse until they lash out. Actually, there are a number of strategies that can be used not to stop ruminating, in my opinion, but at least to put it on pause. As far as my autistic brain, I haven't had any success in permanently stopping rumination. That's why I had to come up with something to at least interrupt it. It might be one of the traits I have as an autistic that I would choose to change or eliminate if I had the opportunity. And that's because it does cause a lot of distress and it usually doesn't go anywhere. I see rumination in autistics as an involuntary brain process. It's kind of uh, like a meme or a gif that keeps repeating itself, except that it's with thoughts. I remember receiving a text with a gif of a person throwing a ball and a dog retrieving it and then bringing it back. Now, this is the only time I got caught in this, but I didn't realize I was looking at a gif at first. So I was watching this and I'm thinking, Wow, this is really amazing. Look how many times that dog can run after the ball. And then I realized that it's a great visual example of what goes on in our brains. The autistic brain repeats the same scene, and once it starts, it's super hard to stop. You can't just push a button. For me, there are different forms of rumination, and here's how I distinguish them. There's the emotional problem-solving type. There's the short-term self-criticism type. There's the long-term guilt type. And finally, there's the catastrophic pain type. For me, ruminating usually starts as an emotion. I feel it and I question it. I want to process it and understand it. I want to figure out how to avoid the pain happening again or in the future because I don't like it. In essence, I want to solve the problem. So I'll think about the events, the people, what was said, the context, my life, my values. I have plenty of categories I can ruminate about. 
So in doing so, I'll try to find a pattern. I have to find the answer. I'll be upset about one thing and thinking about it endlessly, and that only increases my frustration. Years ago, I started getting migraine headaches, really bad ones. And I learned that it's pretty hard to think when I have a migraine. After years of this, one day it occurred to me that the migraines, at least most of them, were me trying to think my feelings away. And it didn't work. So I would go to counseling. I felt so overwhelmed by emotion, I knew I needed some help. Now you may have heard of CBT, or Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. It's great for some things. At least there are strategies that may be successful, but in my opinion, only on a limited basis for autistics. With CBT, I was told about thoughts being so powerful, and basically that our whole lives are created by thoughts. Okay, so that's a great way to feel even more like a failure if you can't stop your brain from ruminating. I do think we can use thoughts powerfully at times, maybe to set the stage like, I'm going to have a great day today, which I can say pretty much only if I'm already feeling good. Otherwise, it just sounds and feels like a lie. The kind of thoughts I'm referring to here are ruminating thoughts or thoughts that are connected to negative feelings. There are so many sayings, many taken out of context, but attributed to meaning, if you think that way, you'll have a bad life. I heard this philosophy in counseling so much that I hardly questioned it, partly because I didn't know what sayings like this actually mean. Are they literal? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Thoughts are things. The power of positive thinking. What you think, you become. Uh Uh-oh, counselors have been giving me this advice. Just change your thoughts and everything will be fine, like it's your thinking that got you here. Again, I'm not saying that these things aren't or are true. They just have a limited application to autistics. And another thing that adds to rumination are things like, oh no, if I keep thinking, this will ruin my life. Or why am I unable to stop these thoughts and think positive? And even, what got me here is all my fault. So I would take the advice literally. If anything bad happened, it was because of my thoughts. And I mean anything bad. If that's at all true, though, it's too simplified to make sense to me with everything. A lifetime of believing this and failing at it made me start to question it. Shortly after I learned I'm autistic, I'm sitting in the counselor's office, yes again, and I'm hearing about how my thoughts create my feelings and I need to change my thoughts. Yeah, I know that. It was just that it didn't seem to work when I was upset. I didn't want to be blamed for my thoughts causing these bad emotions because it wasn't always true. So one day I looked at the counselor and said, I'm autistic. It's not always thoughts that cause these bad feelings. I have the feelings first and then I use the thoughts to understand them. 
Emotion creates thoughts for autistics. It's not always the other way around. There was silence. I mean, can you really agree with that? Sometimes emotions create thoughts. Thoughts and emotions have to be analyzed. We're autistic. Does it really seem strange that A, something happened, B, I had a strong bad feeling, and C, I want to figure it out? Underlying this rumination is this message, I don't want to feel that way again as if it's even possible. And since likely I will feel that way again, maybe I can be prepared by figuring it out. I know what can happen if I try to ignore my feelings or stuff them down. Eventually, meltdown. Autistics have a drive for answers. At some level, we decide that if we understand our emotions, we can control them, and therefore we can stop the bad ones. We see others who look like they can control theirs, so we can too. We just have to figure it out. So let's say you're upset about something at work, and to feel better, you think you need to do something. You might ruminate like this. What am I supposed to do? I don't like my work situation. Should I just tell my boss? No, that won't work. Plus, there goes my annual evaluation. If I blow that, how would I get a good reference? Do I really need a reference? Who cares? I can't handle this much longer. Maybe I can just look at this differently. Oh, yeah, sure. Just tell myself everything is great, and then it will be. But it's Sunday, and I'm already dreading going to work tomorrow. I have to talk to my boss. Oh, wait, what would I say? I mean, won't my boss just tell me if I don't like it, I can find another job? Will I just look like a slacker? So this can go on for hours and sometimes days because this is the autistic problem-solving brain. Reasoning may stop it for a minute or two or perhaps more if I can change my focus. It will come back and keep going until it feels resolved or at least feels better. The next type of ruminating involves self-criticism and frustration. It typically starts almost immediately or certainly within a day or two at the most after the event or encounter. And I think that probably every autistic has gone through this. It's so annoying. But since part of and because some of our challenges have to do with social communication, it's not unnatural for us to go over those conversations in our mind and see what we may have done wrong or even right. But then after what seems like every conversation, that is more than, thank you, have a great day, we can have self-doubt and criticism. I'll feel angry at myself and I feel frustrated. I want to know how to communicate and to know when I need to be more clear and accurate. And I don't know if I say the wrong thing because people don't tell me if I do. It's up to me to figure it out, even with a brain that probably can't. This kind of rumination typically lasts a relatively short time and rarely produces an answer. It affects my interest in having conversations out of fear that it will happen again. And it's not just that I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing. I'm afraid of not knowing when I say the wrong thing. Here's an example of something that happened to me. 
A friend was preparing for a big presentation. She said she'd been working on it, but she wasn't completely confident. She was stressed because it was the next day and she didn't know if it was good enough. On the day of the presentation, I texted her, good luck with your presentation. A short time later, I was, uh-oh, does that sound like good luck thinking your presentation could possibly be good today? Or, Good luck, because only luck can help you now. Or, is it just a short way to say, I'm thinking about you and I know it'll go well. I mean, that's how I meant it. So, of course, I had to worry about that all day, replaying it in my mind, wondering if I sounded inconsiderate. Good luck with your presentation. Good luck with your presentation. Good luck with your presentation. Good luck with your your presentation. Good luck with your presentation. And on and on, I kept ruminating, and I wondered how she would take it. Sounds like a small thing, right? It's just good luck. But sometimes I hesitate to text or post something on social media since I don't know how it will be received. The other guilt rumination is about past occurrences. This type really disturbs me. A memory of something that I feel ashamed of or guilty about just pops into my mind. And then that brings up the emotion I felt at the time and magnifies it. It can be triggered by another emotion or a location, the name of a person, or a place, or a song, or a book, or a trip. And the trigger can change each time. A song might be the trigger, and then a person's name might be next time. For me, these guilt ruminations are frustrating. Why is this coming up now? I get to feel guilty again. How great. So here's an example. And this one actually still happens to me. I had a best friend in eighth grade. One day I was upset about something and I started to say bad things to her. Mean things. I blamed her for my feelings. I don't think she did anything wrong either. I might have been having a meltdown. I said the meanest things. It was like I knew all her vulnerabilities, and I honed in on these with my words. Not pleasant words either. She was terribly hurt, as were her parents. Eventually, things worked out, took a long time, and it was never the same. And that memory will come out of nowhere all these decades later and torture me. The guilt and shame is immense. My brain ruminates, and it's irrational. I know. Could it be that my brain didn't process it at the time it happened? I didn't do anything like that again. So what's the benefit? It's these questions that I want answers to. I don't think other people who aren't autistic necessarily go through this, not so often. I can be super hard on myself. It'll eventually lead to the idea that I should write a letter and apologize to her. Then I try to figure out what to say in the letter, and I picture her reading it. After a while, I realize that it's a really bad idea, and I don't know how she would interpret it, so I'm not going to do it. But that memory still comes back. The anger I feel at myself comes back. Can't I just get over it? Would it help to remind myself that I was young and foolish? I mean, we're talking about eighth grade. The catastrophic pain type is bad. 
I think as we live life and have more experiences, it gets worse. Or if our lives, however long, give us too many, it gets worse. I call it catastrophic because I'm referring to a life-changing event and not a good one, like losing a home or a job, getting a divorce, losing someone important to you, dealing with your or a family member's mental or physical health challenges. Those are catastrophic. When there's a buildup of catastrophic events, rumination can become a way of life. It takes a toll. It's hard to stop. It's this kind that can be accompanied by depression. There's research, of course, and disagreement on whether depression causes rumination or vice versa. Personally, I don't think it's a causal relationship. Is it possible to handle rumination? It's not easy, and I doubt it will ever stop completely or even lessen a whole lot. Some things help for a little while. I feel like I have to figure out different strategies as some become ineffective over time. If you were to eavesdrop while I'm at home, you might hear one that I blurt out almost impulsively in order to deal with something from a catastrophic event. When the pain and thought comes up, I say, I don't want to talk about it. Every time this painful thing creeps into my brain, I want to stop the thought, the feeling, the ruminating. I don't want to talk about it. Does it work? Uh, temporarily, sometimes, only for a few minutes. And I usually say it loud enough to disrupt the thought train. At times like this, I'm in survival mode. The only strategy for me is to quiet my brain until and unless I find my way. What can work with the other types of rumination is getting perspective. It's usually short term, but I feel like it ultimately can make a difference. It's like chipping away at it. I get perspective when I remind myself, for example, if I think I messed up on a conversation, that the other person has most likely forgotten all about it and hardly thought of it at the time. It's not like other people go around for days thinking, oh, what an idiot she is for saying that. They have more important things in their lives. Another idea is that I try to distract myself with something I can focus intensely on. For example, have you ever looked at Google fonts? There are so many, and I like to try and pick one out that would look good on a website. I can spend hours doing that. It's hard to focus or think about anything else. If ruminating is bad, then the distraction technique won't work. Another one you might have heard about is that you're supposed to say stop and picture a stop sign. This doesn't work for me because after you stop at a stop sign, what do you do? You go. Here's one to try. Schedule it. Yes, schedule the rumination. What? Okay, decide like at 3 p.m. I'll do all my ruminating. When something comes up before then, remind yourself you have a time to do that already set up. Set a time limit too. Now don't laugh until you've tried it. Writing things down like a list or even in a journal helps, particularly when I can't sleep. It's like the brain interprets it as having taken care of it, at least for the time being. You can meditate. And of course, we hear that's the answer to many things, and it definitely does help in many situations. It's a good way to train your brain to be quiet. If you can, and it helps to do it, try it. For me, it's hard to quiet a ruminating brain very easily. 
It seems like the autistic brain is constantly active. It truly feels like I have three to four trains of thought going on at the same time. That makes meditating challenging, but not impossible. Finally, can you turn rumination into self-reflection? It's a fine line. Somehow self-reflection sounds healthy, though. It also seems constructive and temporary. It means acknowledging that something is going on, that you are feeling something unpleasant, and that you're deciding to take one step to feel better. It can also mean making peace with past mistakes. Like, I've had this happen before, and now I know how I feel. I have experience. Or if the work environment is unpleasant, look at what other jobs are available. You don't have to do anything about it. You might find out there is another one that you'll like as much or even more. Yes, I know it's stressful to go through the process of applying, resumes, interviews. Just look, you're not committing to anything. If you like what you see, consider the next step. But knowing that you're taking action might shut down the rumination. But again, I don't think this would work for every situation. Now, these ideas are not meant as cures. The autistic brain will ruminate. It's programmed to analyze and to find answers or solutions. That's one of our strengths. We ruminate when we get derailed. Emotions can't be analyzed away or reasoned away. But for me, things like guilt can last a lifetime. These ideas are not meant as permanent solutions. The autistic brain will ruminate. Turning rumination into self-reflection is a strategy that may help you feel like you're moving forward instead of staying stuck. Rumination can be painful, disturbing, and nonstop. When we find that there's something that is emotional, We can't get it off of our mind until we turn it over and over again, hoping to feel better. Rumination can take up days at a time and even keep us from functioning at peak level. I think that in part it's caused by our need and desire to know the right answer. We also meet with so much criticism in our lives that it makes us be on high alert for acting in the right way. If I'm ruminating about something highly emotional, I find it hard to think about anything else. It causes me to have great anxiety. My brain is searching for a logical answer to something that doesn't have one. The frustration that comes from failing to solve a problem through rumination can lead us down a dark tunnel. When you're ruminating and you're not getting the answer you're looking for, Start writing possibilities down. Every possibility for a way to solve this problem should be written down. There's a big step from feeling emotional to solving whatever's bothering you. Instead, you can take that one step of writing down the possibilities, and then you can leave it be for a while because your brain will actually work on it. Even giving yourself just five minutes of relief might let your brain rest and lose some of that momentum. I recognize that rumination is very difficult. I've experienced it myself more often than I would like to think about. I understand what it feels like. It is a victory if you can stop it for even a minute. 
to remind yourself that you do make good decisions, to remind yourself that even when you don't, you do survive, to remember that there will be a time when you feel stronger when you get past whatever's making you ruminate now. I don't mean to minimize this in any way, but if you find that the rumination is spiraling out of control, find someone who will listen to you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'd love to hear from you on Twitter at an autistic woman or email at hello at the Check out some other episodes while you're here. Contact me if you have ideas for subjects you'd like to hear about. I'm the autistic woman. 